0: everybody. My name is Josh. I am the managing director for Sean by Carrie Lewis. And uh, thank you for tuning in today, whether you're watching live or whether you're going to be tuning in at a later time. Um, today, you are absolutely in for a treat. I know I say that every week, but I'm telling you right now, uh, this week, you better be sitting down. You better be wide awake. Uh, Get <laughs> that pen and pad because the, the energy level, I have a feeling, is about to go through the roof. Our special special guest is coming to us today, uh, live from Hotlanta or the ATL or whatever fancy name you want to give for the city of Atlanta. Uh, She is the artistic director at AGI Management there. And uh, I'm telling you, she she is going to take us on a journey. So I can't wait. I hope you can't wait. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what to do when you don't know what to do. Mm. And I think we can all say that we've been in that, that spot at least at least one time in our lives. And uh, right now, with everything that's going on, I'm sure a lot of us are feeling that way. So, um, without further ado, Natasha, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Take it over.
1: All right, well, hello, everyone. Um, my name is Natasha Garcia. And as Josh said, I am the artistic director over at AGI Entertainment. Excuse me, been in the entertainment business since I was 10 years old. Crazy. Uh, Started performing at 10. uh, Won a record deal in in, when I was 15, um, in a talent show, and my life has really never been the same. I've been pursuing entertainment, um, singing, acting, all of that stuff my entire life. And then, of course, I became an adult and had a child. Uh, my son, Brandon Jay, who is also an entertainer. So I became a parent of an entertainer and a manager of an entertainer. And then, uh, of course, I married my husband, we started AGI, and now I've become manager of a lot of entertainers. So been in the business a long time, have seen highs, extreme highs, and very low lows. And that's the business. And so I know that I'm um, Speaking to entertainers, I want to just already say that I am a person of faith. I know AMTC Shine, all of that. You know, clearly was a Christian is a Christian company. So I just want to say that if I if I say things that are scriptural based, um, understand that it works for us all. Right, the sun shines on the just and the unjust. It doesn't matter. It's a principle. It's a law. So um, hopefully not to offend anyone, but that is just all I know. And that's what it's going to be. Okay. So, um, so anyway, I picked the topic, um, what to do when you don't know what to do, because um, there has been some times in my life that I truly didn't know what to do, like truly didn't know what to do. And I think um, the longer you live, um, we all have those experiences where we just don't know what to do. Um, And I found myself realizing over the years, now being alive as long as I have, that it's sometimes the best place to be. When you've exhausted everything that you know to do, then we get help. Our unseen partner, if you believe in God, he then comes in. And says okay thank you get out of the way i know what to do (laughs) you've been doing all this stuff makes no sense i know what to do just trust me so um so with us this pandemic which has been very challenging and being home for six weeks uh very challenging in the beginning i was like i don't know what to do like oh my god for so many reasons so i have uh, six points I think five points for you today um, five points for you today on what to do when you don't know what to do so I'm gonna jump in um, and I want you guys to ask questions if anyone has questions please ask questions um, I'm gonna ask you some questions and if you could just type down your answers I want this to be something that we do together I don't want you to feel like I'm lecturing you I want you to understand that we're in this together This pandemic is affecting us all in different ways, but we're in it together. And so um, the way I may be experiencing it may not be the way you're experiencing it. And if there's something specific that's going on in your life that you really need an answer about, um, I want you to ask, okay? And don't be afraid to do that because the question you ask may be the question that everybody else wants to ask, okay? So the scripture that I'm using to stand everything on, and it's kind of like the scripture of my life, This is the scripture that when I feel like life is throwing me a bad one, I remember Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and to bring you to an expected end. And that's just my paraphrase of it. But knowing that, okay, like there's no one, like like God is not trying to make my life miserable. Like he's not doing things like, You know, up in heaven, like, let me see how I can just really, you know, when you believe in, you know, moms and dads and you have parents and family, you know, whether you come from a a beautiful family or dysfunctional family or whatever you come from, you know, we, we have to believe that the person that birthed us, the person that that is our parents, that that at the core of them somewhere, they love us at the core. And so when we're kids and we're getting in trouble, we get spankings, we get timeouts, we get all that, we don't understand, you know, my parents hate me, oh my God, you know. And it's like, no, 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 no. Everything that I'm doing, I'm doing for your good. You just don't see it. So when I've had things that happened in my life that I thought were just horrible, like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? I had to remind myself that God says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. It didn't say, I know the plans that I have for you. And some of you guys, I want to prosper. And some of you guys, I want to just put you in the ditch. And some of you guys, I'm just going to leave you alone because I don't even like you. I don't even know why I created you. Like, that's not who God is. That's not how it works. For I know the plans that I have for you, each and every person in creation, every person that was created, I know the plan that I have for you. It's to prosper you and to bring you to an expected end. I have a plan for you. So even in this pandemic that we're experiencing right now, there's a plan for us. That plan didn't change when God decided to put us all on time out and say, you know what? I just want you to stay home. That could be part of the plan. But there's a plan for us that was already decided before we were born. And we spend our lives walking it out and figuring it out and learning who we are. God already knows who we are. So that's how I remind myself that it's gonna be okay because I don't have a creator that has me on this wicked plan that wants to destroy me. Now there, are, there is an enemy that wants to destroy me, but that's not my creator. And I have to trust the road that he has me on because he created the road, right? It's not like he put me on a road that somebody else made. He created the road, so he knows. So here's what you do when you don't know what to do. These are the five things that I do, and this is what, this is what helped me get through this time right here. Number one, I pause. I literally paused. When this happened and I heard about it and was like, my husband and I were on our way to Massachusetts to go actually to his grandmother's um, home going. We had flights. And we were leaving on that Friday and we started hearing about the pandemic and what was going on and people were trying to get home and the panic was beginning to start. And my husband said, you know, we, you know, we're going to go ahead and go. And I said, babe, I just don't feel like we need to travel. Like, I feel like going to New York, getting a rental car, going now driving to Massachusetts, we're going to be, encountering too many people we don't really know what this thing is it just started I think we should just stay still now that was hard to do because it was a home going for his grandmother and he was supposed to speak and it was I felt really bad because I know he wanted to be there but it was just something in the wisdom of just pausing taking a break deciding okay what do I feel about this thing what is going on okay there's a whole lot of fear out there there are people who are afraid and they're pumping this news. It's just fear, 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 fear. And then I'm a Christian, so I'm supposed to believe. So what side am I on here? Am I going to just be like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on in here? Or am I going to say, hold on, <laughs> for I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to prosper you, the plans to bring you to an expected end okay, let me calm down. I know this is serious. I trust the word. I know about revelation. Some of this may be end time stuff, but I got to trust God because I can't be, if I'm going to be in fear, I might as well just go all the way out with it. I might as well just stand in the street with everybody else. And just You know, I just, I just couldn't do it. So I just paused and just stayed home. And I was very quiet, had moments of fear, you know, thinking, oh, I coughed. Oh my God, does that mean I, you know, should I go to the hospital? Like all of that, like I was bugging out. (laughs) But I kept reminding myself, for I know the plans that I have for you. This did not surprise God. It surprised us, but it didn't surprise him. So that's number one, pause. Literally in this time out, I believe that God has placed us on. I had to pause and gather myself I had to determine whose side I was on, the side of faith or the side of fear. That's number one. Okay. Um, I see some things in the chat box. I don't know if you're looking at that, Josh. If there's any questions, let me know. Um, Number two, I had to quiet the noise. So now while you're paused, first of all, I want to say probably 95% of humanity, because we're so busy, none of us are really used to being alone by ourselves and quiet. We either have the phone, we have the computer, we have music, we have kids, we have a spouse, we have stuff going on all the time. And when you quiet the noise, you actually hear. And so I literally decided to quiet the noise, the negativity, turn off the news. I didn't need to hear it every second of the day. Maybe once a day I'll listen to it, but I'm not going to pump my life with it because it's going to drive me crazy. And I believe that God has me here to be one of those people that can point people in the place of faith and not fear. But if I'm fearing with you, how can I do that? So I had to quiet the noise. Um, I had to believe that God got me, my family, my household, and the people that I love. And I had to declare Psalms 91. Can you give me Psalms 91 really quick? I had to declare psalms 91 and i'm gonna read it really quick this is the only other scripture okay i'm reading it from the amplified and it says um he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the almighty whose power no enemy can withstand i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust with great confidence and whom i rely for he will save you from the trap of the fowler, and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you and completely protect you with his pinions. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. You will not be afraid of the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction, sudden death, that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at the right at your right hand, but danger will not come near you. You will only be a spectator as you look on with your eyes and witness the divine repayment of the wicked as you watch safely from the shelter of the Most High. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near you, near your tent for he will command his angels in regards to you to protect you and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. And that's, I'll I'll stop there. And so I literally had to say, okay, I know what's going on. The Lord is my God. He will protect me. If you have read the Bible at all or know any history about the Bible, and again, I'm doing a lot of paraphrasing, but back in the early days when they had to put the blood on the doorpost as a death angel passed by, uh, everybody who had blood on the doorpost was safe. Now I'm not saying we need to go put blood on the doorpost. (laughs) Whose blood am I going to put? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that you have to believe, yes, this is not good. I don't understand what's going on. We're in a pandemic, but I trust God that I'm protected that it will not come near me, my family, the people that I love, and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray every day because that's my hope. That's my hope, that's my glory, that's what I believe. And if you don't believe, we can help you learn how to believe if you wanna believe. Because I'm telling you right now, in this time that we're living in, you better believe in something. Because if you don't believe in anything, oh my God, you will fall for everything. Okay.
0: Amen. So, can, you, can you say that one more?
1: Just say that one more time. Yes. You have to believe in something because if you don't believe in something, you will fall for anything. Mm. And I'm telling you without the hope of God right now on my side, I would be just like everyone else standing in the way, hoping that this thing doesn't find its way in my house and jump on me in my sleep because so many people are afraid to walk out of their doors because they believe that it's going to jump. It's just going to find its way to you and jump on you. That's and right. you just have to trust God. Yes. Okay.
0: Asha, let me, let me jump in real quick. If you don't yes. mind. Um, I want to acknowledge, uh, we had a question from Craig, but I'm gonna let you continue on your points. Um, and we'll, we're going to get to that. So Craig, if you're listening, we will get to your question. Okay. Um, so far I wanted to point out that there was two things that really jumped out to me. Um, when you were talking about your point number one with the pause, um, you kept just going back to the one scripture, right? Your life scripture, you said. And it's, it's I think it's very important to note that um, that's just one scripture. And that's something that resonates with you. But that is what, that scripture is sort of the foundation of how you funnel everything that you see and hear through, right? Yes. And it's, it's that easy. You, a lot of people get caught up, you know, believers and Christians. They feel like they have to memorize half the Bible, right? Yeah, you have no. all this stuff. You you don't like. You were talking about multiple different things, but you were filtering it through that one scripture. Scripture, and it can be that simple. And it leads into the second thing that that stood out to me when you're talking about quieting the noise. And I just kept I kept thinking about how when you were talking about the fear and how you could allow it to overcome you whether it's right now and it's the fear that we're constantly being, you know, bombarded with or anything else, you know, not more finally get away from this COVID-19 thing. um, Whatever you allow continuously to come into your ear gate and your eye gate, that is what is going to, that's what you're going to filter everything through. Absolutely. So if you are allowing yourself to take in by seeing, listening, nothing but fear, then guess what? Fear is going to rule and reign in your life, right? Yes. So we have to be very vigilant about what we allow in That's so good. However, we take that in. And so, so I just I just wanted to those are two things that really jumped out that I think it's very important now, but it, it, it's gonna go beyond now. Like we're sort of dealing with this COVID nineteen thing now, but those principles are going to those are gonna last through anything that you
1: can our think. entire lives. Exactly. I agree. Absolutely. Um, I, as I said before, just in life alone, I've experienced some very low lows. And thank God that I have experienced those things, which is going to bring me to my next point, that I was able to, the third point is to reflect, to reflect on my life, reflect on God's goodness. God is good because he's good. He's not good because I'm good. He's good because he's good. And the sun shines on the just and the unjust. So I have to remind myself that this, that God is good and he has a plan for me. There is no, oh, God's going to get me because I've been bad. God is good. He's good. And you can get involved in his goodness by just believing. And so some people just think that, you know, this is going to, you know, the worst happens to me because I'm just horrible. You know, God can't love me. I've done so much, so many bad things. And so what I do in my reflect time is I reflect on things that have happened in my past where God has never let me down, even when I wasn't serving him. Even when I wasn't serving him, even when I wasn't a Christian, when I look at my life from a kid on, and the things that I've walked through. You know, the Bible talks about we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. When we remind ourselves what God has done in our lives, it gives us confidence that, you know what? He's never left me. Even at my lowest point, someone came by and said something. Someone said, you know, someone offered, um, you know, I remember I'll use this story um, when I was a single parent and I had my son. And I went to the grocery store and this, and I lived in Connecticut and I didn't have a whole lot of money. I was, I was a single parent. I was 20 years old, didn't know what I was going to do. I was in that place of don't know what I'm going to do. And God wasn't necessarily the leader of my life. I knew who he was. I went to church, but he wasn't on the throne of my life. And I went to the grocery store to get groceries. And this particular day, I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I just bought everything. I just put everything in the carriage that I needed. And I knew that I didn't have enough money for it all, but I just didn't want to go down the aisles only picking up what I could afford. So I thought, you know, at 20, I'm thinking, I'm just going to buy, I'm just going to get, it, I'm just going to put it all in here. And then when I get to the register, I'll take out what I can't get, you know, because I need this stuff and I'm just going to do it. And I did. I went to the register, had a basket full of stuff. And I'm telling you, this was probably one of my encounters with God that I'll never forget went to the register and there was someone before me at the register and someone behind me. And when I got to the register, I started taking stuff out. I said, okay, okay, now I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. And whoever was behind me realized probably she didn't have the money. So they went in front of me and paid for my groceries, paid for all of them. And by the time I could collect myself, because I was like, Blown like I couldn't believe it. It never happened to me before. I went running out of the grocery store to follow this person to just say thank you. And literally, I couldn't find a trace of them. They were gone. And I was thinking, who was that? I need to say thank you. And my cousin, who was really, really, really spiritual, I told her about it, and she said there was something in the Bible that said, "Be careful who you entertain, because you may entertain strangers on un- angels unaware." She said, that could have been an angel. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to church like I should. I've made so many mistakes. Why would God do this for me? And then she said, because the goodness of God causes men to repent. God's not up there trying to teach you a lesson to get you to come to him. Let me spank you and then hopefully you'll love me. No, he's good. And so when I remember those things, when COVID-19 hit, listen my business had to close so i didn't have money coming in my business had to close we went online we kept a few people but i took a drastic hit i don't know when it's opening back up i don't i'm not in a situation where i'm here at the house working from home and my money's the same no but i have to trust god that same god that came to the grocery store and made sure that i had food He would not allow COVID-19 to cause me to be begging bread, period. If I have to go find a shelter and find where to give out food, he's going to give me provision because he's good. And these are the things that we can settle in when we don't know what to do. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But what I know is that he's not going to leave me begging bread. What I know is that even when I wasn't good, he was still good to me. No matter what I've gone through, he's been good. So number three is to reflect. Um, Number four, point four, is to find the silver lining. This took me probably four weeks into COVID before I decided, you know, when I come out of this season, I need to be stronger, better, greater than I was. We will never have this time again in history, while we're alive, that we just have a pause. Think about all the things that we've been wanting to do that we can't do, I don't have time to do, I wish I could do this, I wish I could do that, I wish I could do this, that I didn't have time to do because I was so busy. And let me just see, what can I do now, number one, to serve humanity with my gift? OK, how can I serve with my gift where you see all of these artists coming online, doing free concerts, you know, doing battles, things that just make people happy? What can I do to serve with my gift? I enjoy helping people live their dreams. I'm not doing it in this four weeks. I haven't done it because I've been in the house pausing, quieting the noises and reflecting. So how can I help someone live their dreams? Well, I came up with this virtual talent showcase. I did a virtual talent showcase two weeks ago. It was $25 to register. We had 23 people registered and the winner got $500. And when I tell you the innovation of that idea alone, the party that we had online, I was happier than I've been in a long time. First of all, I emceed it like I was a a MC at a, in a venue. So I'm, you know, dancing, I've got the music on, I'm like introducing (laughs) the guests and these, and I'm putting the videos and people are voting. We had 40,000 views. We had 35,000 votes and people said, the comments were, thank you so much. You gave my kids something to believe in, something to do in this time, community, to connect, all of this stuff that matters when I got the focus off of me and I put the focus on serving. What can I do to make someone else's life better in this time? Let me not think about Natasha and what's going on with her. And that was a part of the silver lining. Second thing was, I'm gonna learn something. I'm gonna learn something. Let me learn this social media stuff. Let me learn how I can make my business better. Let me, let me order some books. I ordered eight books eight books. Now I've only read one and I've not even gotten through the first one. So now when they're talking about opening things up, I'm like, no, I got seven more books. No, you know, (laughs) but finding the silver lining in this process, I found things that could be done that would make life better for me on the way out of this. Now I want to make sure that I'm very uh, sensitive to the fact that. People have lost their lives in this time. Families have, have experienced loss. My, my uh, son's grandmother actually got COVID-19. Thank God she's delivered from it. She's out of the hospital. She made it through. She's 79 years old. It really put things in perspective for me when she got it. it. It made me think about cherishing my time, my family, calling those people that I love, that normally I only have time to text, making sure that people knew how I loved them and people knew that God loved them. It set me on fire in a way that I probably wouldn't have been if this wasn't happening. But I want to be sensitive to to the fact that if you're on this webinar and you've experienced that, that God is still good. You're here. What can you do to serve others in this time? Even in your pain, even in the fact that if you're not working, you don't know where your money's coming from, whatever the situation is, let's look for the silver lining. The silver lining is I'm still here. You are here. You know why I know you're here? Because you're on this webinar. And if you weren't here, you wouldn't be on this webinar. So there's something more that God has for you to do, and you may just discover that in this season. What about those who've wanted to live their dream and just couldn't figure out when the appropriate time was? I have a job, I can't leave my job, I don't know, I don't have time, I can't audition, I can't practice, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, if you're home and you're in a timeout, you got a lot of time to practice, you got a lot of time to research, who you're going to contact when this is over with to get your dream going. You have a lot of time to get involved with Shine by Carrie Lewis and find out whatever's coming up next so that you can be a part of it. God not only is so faithful in everything that he's done, even what we we all ventured through with AMTC and how sad we all were when it closed, God brought it back at COVID-19. God had it in Carrie and Glennis's heart before we knew this was coming, to have this platform available for you and I so that we would not be alone. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you can't tell me God is not good. He is good. And if we just find the silver lining in our lives, what is it that we can do what is he protecting me from what is this time giving me how can I pivot how can I take my business to the next level is this a new way a new normal on what we need to be doing God show me what I need to be doing in this time even if it's just encouraging people even if it's a part of a business network even if it's just a woman's night online talking to other women that are dealing with what I'm dealing with. What is it that I can do to serve? And in that, I know that you have plans for me to prosper me and to bring me to an expected end. And I don't have to worry about my life. I put it in your hands, period, point blank. Period. Period. (laughs) You know, and so my husband and I in this silver lining, we've had time to have conversations that were hard, things that we were neglecting to talk about because busyness just kept us busy after the first three weeks. We're just looking at each other like, you know what, we probably need to talk about some things that we've not talked about. And it was hard to do but we came out on the other side and decided that we were gonna make the next, how many ever years, the best years of our life. We were gonna change some things, we were gonna honor each other, we were gonna do better because we had time to talk about it, and guess what? We didn't have time to run nowhere. Ain't nobody was leaving the house, so it's like, um, I'm mad at you, where I'm going? I'm not going outside, no! So we're just gonna stay here and we're gonna deal with it. Families can do that, parents with their children, sit down talk about their dreams. Talk about what, what, may you, what, what you may not have been listening to that they've been wanting to share with you. It, you. You've got time. You've got time. So take this time. This time is winding down. We don't know how much longer we're going to have because they're trying to, you know, get the economy back and get us out there. So I'm so glad that my webinar was today because I want you, whether, the, whether we only have a week left or we have another month left or we have two months left, I want you to cherish this time. You will never have it again. Never have it again. And then my fifth point, um, because I want to make sure that I'm, yeah, I'm in my time. My fifth point is to surrender. Wow. That part is difficult. When you come to the end of yourself and you realize that you are not in control of your life, you are not the author and the finisher of your life. I can't do anything about this. What can I do? I can't change this. I can't call enough people, protest enough. I can't do anything. It uh, it helps us understand where we fit in this big world. And you have to say, okay, I surrender. I, I don't know what you're doing in this season. I don't understand what you're doing in this season. I don't even like what you're doing in this season. But what I can say is, I trust you because I have no one else to trust. And if you are coming to that time, even now, because of this webinar, because of this season that we're in, because you don't know what to do and you put it in God's hands, He will show Himself strong in your life. I have another story that I'll share with you. It'll be my final story. Um, I had my own time out last year, 2019. My business took a really bad dive right after the summer, actually starting the summer of 2019, my business. Like I lost a bunch of clients. Um, I, I planned some things that didn't work out. I literally thought 2020 was it for me. I thought it was gonna be the last, you know, I, I celebrate 20 years in June, June 1st. And I thought June 1st, that's it, 20 years, good time to retire, good time to go out. I'm gonna just let this go. I, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm turning 50 uh, June 23rd. I want to be a little bit more in control of my life and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let this go. And this is the thoughts that I were having in my head, but I hadn't said it out loud to many people. And so I came to the end of myself in 2019, and someone called me on the phone, someone who I respect a whole lot, and asked me how I was doing. And for the first time, I didn't give the Christian answer that most of us do, blessed and highly favored, or God is good, or whatever it is. My grandmother used to always say I'm blessed. She never, ever said she didn't have a good day, ever. And when she got sick towards the end of her life, I talked to her on the phone one day and I said, how are you doing? And she said, I think she said, I'm not doing good. I just started crying because I'd never heard her say that. So in this conversation that I had with this person that I respected, she asked me how I was doing and I said, I'm not good. So the first time I said that, I wouldn't tell anybody I'm not good. Are you kidding me? I'm Natasha Garcia. I own a performing arts school. People think I'm doing amazing. At that time, I had two kids on The Voice that were in the top 13. What do you mean? You should be on top of the world. And I wasn't good. And I was honest. I'm not doing good. So she asked me what happened, and I told her about my business, and she said she wasn't super spiritual. She said, good things happen to good people. She said, you just haven't had your moment yet. You can't quit. You got to hold on. And it was enough for me that she said this to me and she wasn't super spiritual. That gave me enough, just a little bit of juice to keep going. And so I said to her, she has, uh, I want to say 7 million followers on, on Instagram maybe. And I said to her, Hey, I have a camp coming up. I don't really have the money that I'm sure people pay you to post, but if you could just post my camp for me, That would really help me because I don't know if it's going to go well or not. My last camp was so bad, I really don't even want to do it. But if I don't do camp, my business is done. She said, sure. She said, well, if you train my nephew for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and in exchange, I'll post the the flyer for you and, and we'll see what happens. I was on a plane on my way back from L.A. coming to Georgia. So I sent her what I needed her to post and she posted it. When I got off the plane, I talked to my husband. He goes, What did you do? I said, What do you mean? He said, The phone has not stopped ringing. I said, Oh my God. I, I sent a post to this person, the post for me, he goes, The phone has not stopped ringing. So, literally, the summer, when my camp is usually the highest numbers ever, we had about 25 people in camp. The winter, We normally have 25 people. We had 64 people in camp because of her post. Because I came to the end of myself, I was honest that I wasn't doing good. I told someone, she posted, God blew on that thing, and I had more people in camp, which I was able to inspire 64 lives. It really blessed me. But I believe that God was preparing me for COVID-19. This was in January. I had no idea that COVID-19 was coming. So I have a showcase and in the middle of my sh- at the end of my showcase this guy from LA he's in the audience he's an agent. He comes up at the end of the at the end of the showcase and he says, "I want to I want um, I have something to say." He said um, and this is someone that I I don't have a close relationship with. I've known for years but we've had, you know, highs and lows in our relationship. And he said, for every year that I've known you, I have a gift for you. Now, he didn't say God told him to do it, but I knew God told him to do it. He flew all the way from LA to do it. He said, I'm going to pay your rent for your building for the next 12 months. He didn't even know how much my rent was. This was in January. I had no idea that COVID-19 was coming in March. So when he did it, I was thinking, First of all, I rejoiced, but I was thinking, okay, I, I could pay my rent, Like, but thank you. I appreciate that. But God was preparing me for what was coming. So when we found out that COVID-19 was happening and I had to close my business, the first thing he brought to my remembrance was, you don't have to pay your rent. You don't have to worry about AGI. I took care of that with you for you in January, and I rejoiced because I surrendered, because I said I wasn't doing well, because I let people know, finally, the truth. Sometimes people don't know how to help, or they because we're the hands and feet of God. We're the ones that he inspires to bless others. But if you are walking around like your life is perfect and no one knows that you're going through something because you are not open enough to say, hey, I need help over here. Hey, things are not so good over here, and we don't know, then who can, who can come in and be God's hands and feet? Because even if God inspires us to do it, we don't want to be rude. We don't want to be offensive. Oh my God, I don't want to say i want going to pay your rent. You may get mad at me and think that I think you don't have any money. So we have to be, we have to get to the end of ourselves, people. Come to this place where we understand that I am not in control of every aspect of my life. I don't determine when I'm born and I don't determine when I die. I can, what I can control is what I believe and how I live my life and what I do with my life. But I don't control those other things. So if I can't control them, then I need to surrender it to something bigger than myself that I can believe in. And that's why I say, if you don't know God and you want to know God, we can offer him to you because that is the hope of glory in this time, so that while everyone else is panicking, we can trust, for I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to prosper you and to bring you to an expected end. And thousands can fall on your right and 10,000 on your left, but it will not come near you. And that's my speech, that's what I got.
0: Wow that's all I have to say I mean that was so good thank I you hope so. so much listen I there's there's no point point in even trying to recap or reiterate some of the points because it was so good I just want everybody I'm gonna encourage everybody listening to go back and rewatch it when we post it drive around listening to it if you're watching this at a later time and didn't catch it live listen to it again because there's so much good stuff in there. Thank you so much. Thank you, that,
1: Josh.
0: It was so very good. I mean, there, I, anytime, you know, when you speak from the heart and you talk about personal stories, I mean, you can give us points, but when you tie it into how, how it has played out in your life, I mean, that, that, that's, that's what matters. That, that's what really strikes home to people because that's, that's real. right that 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 really happened and that 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 makes everything so real it's not just words on a page no thank you so much for that thank you i know everybody's blessed well listen we got a couple questions so i want to okay those here real quick so our first question was from from uh craig uh craig asked what's the toughest part of the entertainment business and how do you prepare for it now i know that's pretty broad Uh,
1: Yeah, I'll slice it down. Um, I think the toughest part is the rejection. Um, It's highs and lows. You know, we, we teach you to believe in yourself. If you're training with someone who believes in you, we build you up. Then you walk into a room or you send in the tape and you audition and you hear no, or I didn't get the part. And if you're not used to hearing no, it's very hard to recover from that. Um, because we actually, uh, most of us, we're so passionate about what we do. We want acceptance from others. We want approval from others. We want to make other people happy. Most of us that entertain, we do it to put smiles on other people's face. We love it. And so in this business, you don't put smiles on faces when you go in an audition and they say no. Or they don't even call you back. Or you don't even know what it is. So what you have to do is you have to know who you are and whose you are. You have to determine before you audition that I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm not going to get validation. I'm just dropping by to show you what I got. If you like it, great. If you don't, see you later. I'm moving on to the next one because someone is going to like it. So when you take your focus off of, like me, pick me, I need you, please help me, I need this, I need that, and you put your focus on, I'm sharing and I'm serving with the gift that God has given me, and the right door and the right opportunity will open in God's time, not mine, then I can just relax. I'm sharing my gift. I love to share my gift. So if I go in an audition and I think, hey, Josh, you're the casting director you've never seen me before you didn't even know that I existed let me share my gift with you so that you can know that I exist and I'll see you later call me if you need me kind of thing then you're not feeling like you're being rejected every day of your life because what I'm doing is I'm sharing because some of those no's turn to yeses on other projects you may not be perfect for this one but I'm gonna remember the light that was in your eyes, the way you made me feel. And when the right part comes, I'm gonna go, Hey, that girl that came in, let's call her back. So that's how you prepare. You don't look for outside validation from other people. You have to know who you are, whose you are, get your team around you. That's your rah-rah people that make sure that you're fed and that, you know why you're doing this and the rest is out of my control. And I'm just waiting for the right opportunity.
0: That is some amazing advice. Great, great advice. Thank uh, you. We have, another, one, we have one more question here. Um, Lydia wants to know, um, if you travel a lot, and if so, how do you balance that time with your husband you know, being away, and what would your wisdom be in that?
1: So, yes, I do travel a lot um, when I am not dealing with what we're dealing with. Um, and there has been seasons that it was good and seasons that it, that it wasn't. So what I have to say as a wife is I need to make sure that I'm taking care of home before I expect to just be all around the world, right? And what does taking care of home mean? It's different for different relationships. There may be things that, that my husband values that another husband may not or things that another husband values that my husband doesn't. So understanding who my husband is and understanding that he doesn't want to feel like he's second third fourth fifth or sixth in the equation so if I'm traveling I'm gonna make sure first of all that he knows that I'm traveling he knows where I'm going when I'm coming back if it's an opportunity for us to go together we're gonna to make that happen um, maybe if someone's hiring me to come in hey can I, I need two tickets I travel with my spouse me asking that question just alone makes my husband go, wow, you, you considered me. Thank you. Even if they say no, hey, I asked for two tickets. Wow, okay. That becomes like a little vacation for us if they say yes. Um, the second thing is making sure that when I am home that I have time dedicated for him so that he doesn't feel like, again, he's on the back burner. He is 100% supportive in my gift and what I do but he is not supportive of me putting my family last. So I think that as a spouse, we need to make sure that we evaluate ourselves. And in this time, COVID-19, you have that conversation with your husband, your spouse. You know what? I can't travel a lot because we've been home. But when I travel, is it okay with you? Or what do you not like about when I travel? Well, my husband says, when you go to the West Coast, I don't hear from you. It's almost like you, because it's three hours difference. So it's like, by the time you come home, he's in the bed. By the time he gets up, I'm out. So I have to make time in the middle of the day to speak to my husband because he, again, doesn't want to feel like he's second. So I think that the wisdom is finding out from your spouse y'all's relationship and what makes him feel comfort you know, cooking your meals, cooking his meals before you leave. If, if you're the, the person that cooks at the house and you've got food lined up, ready to go, all he's got to do is pop it in a microwave. Hey, that's going to make him feel amazing. If the house is clean, no husband wants to have his wife gone and the house is torn up and the kids are all over the place and you just living your best life Posting selfies, and he's like, "What?" So you want to make sure you're taking care of your responsibility and figuring out what those things are, and that I think that that will level the playing field. The fact that you just ask, "Hey, what can I do to make you more comfortable when I'm traveling?" is is priceless. So that's my advice.
0: Fantastic! Another another great answer. Uh, two more questions came in actually while you were answering that, so we're going to okay. get to those. Matthew, uh, he first wants to say thank you because he says you're an inspiring storyteller. Um, um, he says, "Is there a good source to look for agencies and agents in Georgia before the COVID nineteen thing happened?" Um, he had been getting some consistent work, and he had saved up some money to move closer to Atlanta but it's been hard searching online only. So he's looking for a little bit of advice with that.
1: Yeah, so the, the 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 challenge with the industry, I was gonna say problem, but it's not problem. The challenge is that most agents don't take unsolicited um, requests for representation. Um, so that's a challenge. However, COVID-19 has brought about a lot of digital submissions. I've seen agents now, there's one in LA actually that just said, hey, we're taking submissions. I'm like, wow, they normally don't do that. But because we know that when we come out of this situation, there's going to be so much work, they need new faces. So this is a good time right now to actually look at some of these agents, maybe send an email and and say, hey, are you taking submissions during this COVID-19 time? because a lot of them are. Their open calls are online now, which is really good. However, another way, of course, through Shine, um, because they have representation and relationships with all the agents, casting directors, all that stuff. When you um, get involved with Shine again and whatever events that they have, I'm sure they're gonna be connecting with agents and casting. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's another thing that we do at AGI as well, If you train with us, we definitely connect. But finding somewhere that that's kind of like the uh, icing on the cake for the training, that if you train here, we have relationships with agents and that kind of thing, and maybe we'll submit you because you got to come referred by someone um, in order to get representation. But right now, Matthew, it is open season because these people are not working. They're home. The industry shut down and everybody's preparing for the next so they're looking for fresh faces i would um i think there's a list and i can get it to josh of agents in atlanta um i don't know if carrie has it or glennis has it but agencies that you can at least now send an email and just ask if everyone says no and one says yes you're good right and then if you submit and they like you you're good so i would submit in this time, because they're not taking any appointments, they're only seeing people digitally. This is the time to do it. Okay,
0: fantastic, great, thank you, good advice again. And the last one, uh, Katrina. Um, Katrina, she she did a bold thing here. She said that she actually made a career change uh, to follow her passion for acting right before COVID nineteen hit. And when it did, she kind of went through a similar journey, she said. And um, she wanted to know: Do you think it is too late to be in the entertainment industry at the age of 32?
1: Oh my goodness, Katrina. Listen, I'm about to turn 50 and I'm about to be on somebody's TV. (laughs) Because I said when I turn 50, I'm going back into the industry as a talent as well. It is never too late. The beautiful thing about actors and acting. Is they need real people, right? So if you have your leading girl is 20, she's gonna have a sister, she's gonna have a friend, she's gonna have a mom, she's gonna have a hairdresser, whatever the story calls for. These people are different ages. Girl, listen, some people got started at 40 and 50 and had the best careers, won Oscars and everything. You are in the right time, at the right place, in the right season girl do not give up do not quit it is not too late if you don't have representation you need to get representation you need to make sure you're training and working with the right people and go after this thing this COVID time is giving you time to get better sharpen your skills and get better and get ready because the floodgates are about to open (laughs) they're about to open and you're gonna walk right into them okay
0: yeah so good and great point there's there's a lot of people that people probably don't even know that got started very late
1: very late
0: at our our award-winning actors and actresses and yes it's it's never never too late so that's a great great point um we did actually while we were speaking uh let's see cynthia typed in um she said my name is cynthia i am your prayer warrior awesome we love those can never have too many of those i'm a 51 year old mother of alumni Priscilla, how do I encourage her? My desire is to join her. She's very excited, so I guess she's wanting to know how she can encourage uh, her daughter as well. She says she has a desire to join her, so maybe some-
1: somebody... awesome. Yeah. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a thin line. It's a fine line in encouraging. How, it Depends on how old your daughter is. If you're 51, is your daughter in her teenage years or? hopefully she'll respond or in her twenties. Um, it's, it's, it's a fine line on parents because sometimes it could come off as nagging. It could come off as being pushy. Um, I know that for a fact, I have a 31 year old son is, I have to be very strategic, but I'm like, Hey, have you posted that video? You know, because he's like, leave me alone. I'm going to do it. You know? So, okay. 19 years old. You understand Cynthia. Um, I think a, a great way is you going after your dream, which I love, that you want to join her, that you talk about how at 51, she is may, maybe has inspired you to go after your dream, seeing her go after hers, and that you want to make sure that you do whatever God has you to do with your life, and does she mind if you all do it together, because she's inspired you, that's going to be better than saying, hey, honey, you know, you really should do it. You should, because talent, we, we're so finicky sometimes, artists, creative people, you know, you can say it on the right day. <laughs> you said on the right day, we're like, yes, you said on the wrong day, we're like, what are you saying? You know, <laughs> you're saying I'm a slacker, you know, you know, so you have to be very careful. But I think that if you say, honey, watching you going after your dreams has inspired me And maybe be honest, uh, Cynthia, with your life. If you had a dream that you didn't go after, maybe if your parents supported it or not, maybe you ended up working, doing something different, a passion to serve, yes, pray, and I don't see the rest. You have a passion to serve and pray. I have a passion to serve, pray she's in college. Okay, great. So yeah, so if if you just let her know, like, I wanna I wanna make sure that I'm doing what I believe God wants me to do with my life, and I wanna support you in doing what God wants you to do in your life. And maybe you can even ask her, what's the best way for me to support you? Is it to maybe take make sure she's taking classes and you take care of those and you pay for them while she's in college? You know, is it making sure that when she's home from school, she has auditions, you maybe get the set up for her to self-tape herself or whatever you know ask her what it is that she needs um yeah ask her what is it that she needs in order to have your support because what you may think is support may not be support to her it's almost like the love languages if you've ever heard of that read the love the five love languages some people love out of their own love language but it's not the other person's so if you are like I'm buying you gifts every week and I don't understand why you don't know that I love you. And that person's love language is quality time. They're like, I don't want gifts. Like actually that makes me mad. I feel like you're trying to buy me, but I just want your time. So you got to find out mom from her, what is support to her? What does that look like? Does that just look like, hey, I'm here and I support you? Or is it actual things that she needs for you to do? And then you can decide, but I definitely suggest doing it together. I think that's amazing.
0: All right. Well, listen, you must be striking some nerves because people keep typing away. Um, I want to be mindful of everybody's time, but I think we'll, we'll get to at least one more here. And we'll okay. see what happens. Um, Gerald um, is is uh, asking, he said, uh, well, first he says, you're preaching, by the way, which, Oh. <laughs> which I am in complete agreement with.
1: Well, thank um, you.
0: Yeah. So he says, how do you know when your circle needs to be smaller from family? So, you know, and how do you know to be okay with it?
1: From family? Yeah. Okay. So basically, the first thing I say is that if there are people in your life that don't believe in where you're trying to go, and they're constantly telling you you can't do it, you definitely have to quiet the noise. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't love them, that you're not a part of their lives, that you don't visit them or whatever, but they can't really speak into your life because they've never lived a dream. A lot of times, it's not that they're bad people, and they're mean. They don't know what it's like to live a dream. They've never seen it. They may just believe, hey, you need to go get a job, take care of your family, be able to take care of yourself. And I don't believe in this acting thing. I don't believe in this singing thing. I don't believe in this whatever. They can't be in your ear because if they're in your ear, it's going to discourage you constantly. So your circle should really be filled with people that are like-minded, that are actually better than you, smarter than you, that pull you up and lift you up. You may have one person that you actually pull up, because you don't want to have everybody where you're just receiving and you're not giving on this end. But a family, it's really tough. A story, quick one. My son's grandmother and his father live in Connecticut, Um, the one that I said ended up with COVID-19. Brandon actually lived here in Georgia with me his whole life and my husband. So at one point, he decided he was going to move to Connecticut. And just try something different and stay with his grandmother and his dad and, you know, whatever. So he goes to Connecticut. Now, he had already been in a movie at that time. So they knew that he was an actor and they knew what he loved to do. But they didn't know what it took to do it. So when he went there, he got a job. He said, I'm going to be a regular person. I'm just going to get a job. He got a job, I think, at Old Navy or something like that. And he got an audition in New York for a commercial. And so he was going to need to take the day off. So he said. In Connecticut, he didn't need a car because the, the train is there. You go straight to New York. So he said to his dad, hey, I'm going to need to borrow your car. I have a, an audition in New York and um, um, for a commercial. And his dad said, so you're not going to work? And he said, no, I got to go to the audition. He goes, that makes no sense at all. So you are going to go to an audition that's not guaranteed, And mess with your job, that's guaranteed. And Brandon was like, he had never heard anything like it before because he grew up with us and we've always supported it. He was crushed. He was crushed. I don't even know if he made it to the audition. I think he did, but that was the great divide. He realized that his grandmother and his father weren't dreamers and they didn't believe in dreams, they believed in reality. Here's what you do you get a job, you pay your bills. And you die, basically. That's what they told him. And he said, I gotta get out of here. I cannot let this mentality become my mentality. These people around me don't dream. I want to inspire them, but I can't inspire them if I let them take me down. So I've gotta get back to the place where I can dream and I'll show them from afar, but I can't be a part of it. Still love them, still talk to them, but when it comes to how I live my life, as far as my dreams, those conversations we don't have. Now, every time he book something, they are so proud. They are so excited. And literally, when I started um, AGI, I remember his mother, the grandmother saying to me, what are you, how, how you going to do when it's time to retire? If you have your own business, you need to pay into 401k and, and Medicaid and all of that stuff. She didn't understand. And now she tells me, she's 79, I'm so proud of you. And I'm glad you didn't listen to me, because I was speaking out of a person who, when I was a teenager, I wanted to play basketball. And my parents told me, no, I needed to get a job. So I didn't live my dream. So I didn't expect anybody else to. You have to understand that those people that are sometimes saying those things to you and discouraging you, they're not bad people. They just didn't take a bet on themselves. And they're afraid that if you do, you're going to fail. And because their fear of failure, they project that on you. And you have to say, "Uh uh-uh, I love you. I will do anything for you, but I'm going to live my dream. and I'm going to change the trajectory of this family, and I'll be the one to say, you know what, Cousin Gerald, Uncle Gerald, Grandpa Gerald, (laughs) 20, 30 years from now, he was the one that took a step and lived his dream. And because, it, because of it, now our entire family, we live our dreams.
0: Wow. So good. Thank you so much. That, Absolutely. That, that is a great note to end on right there. Um, hey, thank you, everybody, it. for your questions. Um, they were all great. Uh, I know it's been, it's been a really enlightening hour. this this was fantastic. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you to Carrie. I want to say thank you to Glennis. I absolutely love them. I can't wait to continue to work. Whatever they need me to do, I'm going to be a part of it because I love this organization and I love them. And now Josh, I love you. I just met (laughs) you. I love you too. And so um, I'm so excited. I'm so grateful um, to God that he allowed me to do this. And I hope that it blesses many. Yes. So
0: Well, I'm sure it will. I'm absolutely positively sure it's going to. So thank you again. Thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, join us uh, next time for the next episode of the Shine Spotlight series.
1: Okay. Bye-bye everyone.